The Collector's Collection, Episode 6, Thor. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Collector's Collection, a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan podcast. I am your humble host, Chris, joined by my fellow henchman, Bobby. Yodenheim. Anna. Hey. And Steve. What's up? This week, we're going to be talking about the God of Thunder himself, Thor. But before we get into that, I recently purchased a subscription to Marvel Unlimited, which is basically like a Netflix for comics type thing, so I could read some of the tie-ins to the MCU. But um, I came across 1602 by Neil Gaiman, and uh, like two issues in, I just went ahead and bought the hardback copy of it, because it's so good. <laughs> the only thing is, you know, Neil Gaiman wrote it, and he's a renowned author or whatever, but... Marvel tried to capitalize on the 1602 world that he created, and so they they made some spinoffs, or whatever you want to call it, sequels, spinoffs, I don't know. But uh, real quickly, you realize, reading the non-Neil Gaiman stuff, like there's a world of difference in the writing. <laughs> yeah. Also picked up his Norse mythology book, too, that I'm working my way through. It's pretty good How so far. How far have you gotten in that? couple chapters in we also got our first one star review from a cat named the guy 4424 he says ought to be ashamed you guys sound like you're all 12 do you even have a real life or you just play with toys all day you all sound immature time to grow up it's a fair review it is nice eh, fair <laughs> i mean i guess i technically play with toys all day i do take care of a baby she um, loves toys. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> Whoa. not a toy, but I play with the toys with her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that's pretty hilarious. Please keep the hate mail coming, though. We I don't even consider that hate mail. No, it's just, just an accurate review. I'm not mad about <laughs> yeah. anything he said. I mean, I know I sound twelve. It's a constructive criticism. I do like toys. <laughs> I obviously enjoy the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I may sound twelve. I don't think i do but that's about the only inaccuracy everything else i'm fine with (laughs) but i don't do it all day yeah that's fair eight hours of the day yeah i mean i have to go to work i have to eat i have to sleep but you know i do it all day i eat my x-men shaped chef boyardee and put on my avengers jammies and call it a day so uh, he's not wrong (laughs) oh see i i i wear star wars jammies that's fair too that's fair (laughs) so thank you for the very accurate and apropos review. We appreciate it. Yeah, yep. keep them coming. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so Thor came out in 2011 and was the film that brought the Asgardian into the MCU fold. This hero is a bit different because he's an actual god rather than like a souped up human. We also get introduced to the god of mischief, Loki, the all-father Odin, and in one uncredited scene, Hawkeye. Thor, at least in terms of the MCU, is the only hero who has a long tradition outside of pop culture, reaching all the way back to the Viking Age, obviously. (laughs) So at the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to Jane Foster and Eric Selvig. Selvig. Did I say that right this time? I think so. It's like Faraha. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
and Darcy. Um, the most they're... useless physicist out of that whole movie. Yes, I, I don't think she's. She's not to even be a, a physicist. physicist. <laughs> or whatever she is, help she's her. She's a college student that needs credits, and that was the only. No, place no, I would she take no, her. she didn't need the credits. Mm-hmm. That's no, what she, she says. No, she's trying to pull the van away. She's like, I'm not dying for this. Yeah. She did not need those credits. Uh, she, she didn't want to <laughs> die for the six credits. <laughs> but um, we see Jane, Eric, and Darcy in a van tracking some sort of phenomena, as they put it. You know, she had said they were very predictable to a certain point. Then all of a sudden, you know, you see this bright aura in the sky and cloud of dust gets stirred up and... She, Jane, of course, being the scientist she is, drives straight for it. <laughs> or tries to have Darcy drive straight for it. Yeah. yeah. Straight into it. <laughs> and, you know, and that's why she's like, I don't want to die. That scene so much reminded me of Twister. Twister. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but of course, during all this, they wind up hitting somebody <laughs> standing in the dust. First time. Time number one that they hit this man. Yeah. <laughs> so after that storm then we finally get introduced to a great place at least that's what i think i think the place was it looked fantastic but because i and that's and that's the one cool thing i've been seeing about marvel movies especially if they're introducing a new world they do some pretty epic like panoramas sweeping shots of in the city and every oh it's perfect yep but i think they did a really good job when they introduced asgard yes they definitely had some they, the music they chose, like, I don't, because Chris, I know you play World of Warcraft, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I well, mean, I, I, used to. I definitely got a great feel from that. <laughs> I used to. And that's the exact feel I got from it is when, like, I mean, especially, you know, going through Stormwind, seeing, like, the, the awesome music, definitely big buildings. I think it was perfect. Yeah, it was a good scene. It was. Yeah. So after that awesome shot of Asgard and getting introduced to such a majestic place, then Odin starts to regale a tale. Spin a yarn, if you will. Spin a mother-loving yarn, <laughs> if you will. About the war that was fought between the Jotunheim Frost Giants and the Asgardians. And the White Walkers. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. As they, as they have a war with these George R.R. R. Martin characters. Yes. <laughs> they should have built the wall. Made Jotunheim pay for it. <laughs> no, no, the actual wall from Thrones, not not that. <laughs> oh man! But they have um, obviously the Asgardians came out on top, and what the Asgardians did was they took the casket of ancient winners, brought it back to Asgard. So pretty much whatever territory Jotunheim controlled already, that's all they got. Yeah, because the casket was, of course, their their way to essentially build their city. It yep. was a weapon, it was their energy, it was everything. And they brought it back to Asgard where we were now introduced to young Thor and young Loki. And then we find out that Odin's been telling them this story of the war and and all that good stuff. And then you can immediately see from Thor that he's just <laughs> he's just energetic, he's hyped about it. He's like, oh, slay them all! And, yep. <laughs> and Loki just kind of looks on like, eh, I guess. <laughs> Whatevs. And while Thor is being his crazy self, Odin reminds him that it's not about that. It's not about killing or taking control of things. Yeah, what does he say? He says, like, a, a wise king never pursues war, but he's always, essentially, he never pursues it, but he's always ready. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was something along those lines. I do think this kind of shows preemptively what Thor is going to be like as he's older. Yeah. You know, his judgment on things and at least in the beginning and how he's going to handle situations. And then that's reinforced in the next scene when, of course, now they're in the now they're in the great hall. They're whatever you want to call it. Celebrating. Yeah, they're having they're having the whole um, naming of the king ceremony. Yeah. And then you see Thor walking in, you know, he's just like, <laughs> you know, let's say, yo, like, I wish he would have done some, like, you know, hand pistols. Yeah. <laughs> some Cactus Jack action. You got to save that for Spider-Man. That's save his that. gig. <laughs> yep. And um, so you, yeah, that's when you really get to take, like, you can really see that he's this, he's essentially Cocky. still that kid. He's cocky. Yeah. But he has every right to be. I mean, he's young. He's the son yeah. of Odin. God he's of str- Thunder. God of Thunder. I have this epic weapon right here. Yeah. And I mean, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I whip this hammer out. He's, what you, I mean, hey. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, he has Molnir, which was forged in the, the heart of a dying star. By a midget. <laughs> <laughs> Dwarf. So yeah, you still, of course, he's still, he's still that same kid. Yeah, you can kind of tell that he's no way, he's no way ready for the throne. No, absolutely not. And you can see that Loki is like not thrilled about Thor taking the throne. Well, that's what I think. I think Loki knows that he's not ready. Yeah, and it's been my firm belief with this whole movie that that Loki does care for his brother, no matter what. Yeah, he does care for him. Before we go too much further, I do want to point out like how Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston played those characters just in that scene alone. It wasn't bad. I like Tom Hiddleston's acting throughout the entire movie. I, I do, do too. I thought it was But great. I think I think like here where we first it's our first glimpse of, you know, grown-up Loki and grown-up Thor. Yeah. And how they just made their characters come across. I think it was great. It is great. So I in preparation for Endgame, my wife and I watched Infinity War. She had never seen it, so we watched it last night. And she hasn't watched a Marvel movie since probably the the first Avengers movie. But she had watched most of them leading up to that. And we're watching Infinity War, and she makes the comment, I always have such a hard time telling if Loki is good or bad. And I was like, then Tom Hiddleston is doing his job. Yes. yeah. And I mean, that was a comment literally last night with her watching that movie. And she hasn't seen anything, for like I said, from the first Avengers movie up until Infinity War, but we're going to go see Endgame, so I wanted her to kind of get a little little bit of a catch-up on it. And she made that exact comment about him, which I think, to your point, Tom right. Hiddleston nails it, because that's oh, yes. exactly what you're supposed to be getting from him, and so obviously it's working. And I think with this movie, he really he did a fantastic job, because he really set the tone for the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there are the next few cinematic adventures that come out, it really doesn't do the character of Loki justice, especially with Tom Hiddleston playing him, because it's very it's very linear. It's very singular. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's almost that he did become a bad guy, even though his actions are always are always towing the line between good and evil. It's always as, exactly yeah. as he is. He's the god of mischief, so he's always going to cause trouble. He's yeah. always gonna he's gonna deceive people. He's gonna lie, and there's only one person in this world he really doesn't lie to. I mean, kind of, but he'll always come clean to him. Yeah, and that's Thor. I feel like we we get a lot more of this relationship in oh, yeah. uh, Dark World. So that's what, again that's one I haven't seen yet. So yeah, it, that one we get a lot more of that relationship. So I'm excited for that when that happens. But as Odin's doing his thing, he's um he's an, he's announcing the crowd is there. He, he starts to tell Thor, 
you know, being my son, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be, you know, you're going to be taking the throne. Yeah. And it's great because right before he does it. Like last word. It's like, you are. <laughs> <laughs> then he gets a little twinkle in his eye and he's like, Frost Giants. There's he a, there's, feels a disturbance. disturbance in the force. Yes, he feels a disturbance <laughs> in the force. It's okay. We can reference that because they own the same thing. Absolutely. <laughs> so we are yes. okay. That's when we get a shot of the weapons room where three ice, or actually, no, no. The first shot we get is of water freezing. Yeah. And you see a guard like, what? Now, I don't, I don't know about y'all. I see water just randomly freezing. I'm not looking at the water anymore. I'm like, what's what the, what the hell's up. going on? Let me back up here. Let me uh, raise an alarm here. Yeah, like, hey, guys, the freezer's messed up. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure why this is freezing. But that's when it's revealed to us that three ice giants have gotten into the... Frost giants. As these three frost giants make their way to the casket, right at right as they reach it, right as they reach the casket, grab onto it, Odin takes his mighty staff. Doom. Which I, w- I would love to own a staff that heavy. It's not even that it's heavy. It just resonates. It's just like, a co- the acoustics in that room. Yes. <laughs> just even the later scenes. Loki walking up. <laughs> <laughs> but as he as he just slams his rod down, what's revealed to us now, and I was and I was really excited about this because I love seeing out of work actors back in work again. <laughs> we get introduced to Gort and. <laughs> I don't know who Gort is. How do y'all not know who Gort is? Yeah, I don't know. The day the about. Earth stood still, like no. the fifties one. No, I'm I, sure my brother made me watch it a long time ago. Oh yeah, but. yeah. So in one foul swoop, this Gort-looking creature <laughs> just wipes him out. Wipes him out with his with his um, face beam. So yes, after he wipes him out with his face beam, <laughs> Odin, Loki, and Thor go down there. And they go to it. They essentially just go down to assess the damage. Yeah. And that's when you kind of get a real taste of what Thor would most likely be like as a king. That mm-hmm. even the smallest instance of treachery or something going bad, that he would immediately react in a very rash way. Yeah. And his his immediate reaction was, "No, let's go to Odaheim. They've attacked us. Let's go attack them. Let's well, confront them. It's, just start essentially start another war. Yeah. Genocide." Because of the act of three people. Yeah. And Odin tries to talk him out of it, saying, you know, it was the act of a few, not of a country. And they paid, their, a, paid with their lives. Yeah. Yep. But Thor is not, he, he doesn't, like, not he doesn't like that answer. And he, speak, he speaks a little out of turn. And he's like, but as king, and then... But you're not king! Is what Odin <laughs> so delicately replied back to him. Yep. With his very, with his very fatherly voice. <laughs> and I think we all felt a little ashamed. Like, oh. oh, Sorry, Dad. Sorry. My bad. You know, in the past few episodes, we've kind of like touched on some folks that you know, are kind of minor to the movie, but are really good. How did you put that, Steve? Pretty much like that. Kind of offshoot characters. Tommy Lee Jones and Captain America, I kind of have the same feeling towards Anthony Hopkins as Odin here. Yeah. Like, Odin plays a relatively small part in this whole movie, but, like, when he's on screen... Actually, I think he plays, I think he plays a very big part. Uh, sure. When he may not show up a lot. When you're talking about... Yeah, just whole, limited screen time. The, the yeah. whole thing set in motion because right. of Loki and all this stuff, but... 
I'm just like Steve said, talking about his screen time. Yeah, like he's relatively minor as far as like being present in the. He's kind of the silent Bob of this film. Yeah. He doesn't say a lot, but when he speaks, it's it, profound. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so Thor storms away and goes back to his room or wherever it was at his it dining a hall. Feast, uh, yeah, a dining hall, a feast hall or something. Yeah. <laughs> With a really heavy gold table. Yeah. No, I don't think that was gold. I think it was solid wood. I don't know. It was shiny. But he flips it. He was so angry. He oh, he was pissed. Table. Oh, he flipped tables <laughs> in this movie. Which is a re- that's a term nobody's heard in a while. I know. But going back to, like, you can't hardly ever pin Loki down. Like, in this scene, I think it's pretty apparent because he sort of goads Thor into going over to Jotunheim. Oh, yeah. And then when Thor agrees, Loki, like, backpedals, he, like, so fast. No, you can't do that. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's one of those, no. No, stop. Wait. No. Don't do it. What? This is the point where we meet. Sif and the Warriors 3. Yep. Cool in the gang. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. And he's going around the room saying, I stood by you when you did this, so stand by me who, when I do this. Who, who brought you the greatest adventures? Yes. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> Until they get to Sif. <laughs> who showed the world that a woman could be a warrior. I did. Well, I supported you. Yeah, but I support. <laughs> <laughs> Which then, after they, after he finally gets them on board, they start making their way to the Bifrost, and I'm sure, I'm sure they were all thinking like, "How, how we gotta the get, hell are we, hey, we going to get, get past, past Heimdall?" Heimdall. <laughs> but, but here's the thing: they should have, like, if they knew that they were going to go there, the thought should have instantly popped in their head. Oh, he's already seen this. You know, I, I think they forget that. They do as as later in the movie we see it again and they but, all just kind of look confused. So then Loki decides to give it his his best go and before he can get a word out, you're not dressed warmly enough. I love that. <laughs> well, he's like ah, da, 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 da. Just, and that's when that's when Thor was like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to Jotunheim. I think the only reason why they let him or why Heimdall even let him was because of course. It's Heimdall's job. That's his that's his only job is to make sure no one gets in. You had one yep. job, Charles one job. Matter. We gave we gave <laughs> we gave you all we gave you all the gifts necessary to do your job. Yep. You can see into the future. Idris Elba, man, is another one that solid whenever actor. he's on the screen just steals the show. Solid. Yes. He's like that and everything though. Yeah. He's fantastic. Including like the office. Mr. Charles Minor, yeah. Yeah. I, I would no, that's yeah. why he said that. Yeah. Um, so that's when Thor just decides to come clean that, hey, we're going to go to Jotunheim because we want answers. And of course, the only reason why Heimdall let him was because he wants, he to wants know answers how the hell too. They got like, in. That's, that's my job. My job is to, to know these things are about to happen. But I couldn't see or I couldn't even anticipate it. Yeah. So and he couldn't tell where they got in at yeah. either. No, he felt a little sour about it. Yeah. So they go, but right before they go, he reminds him, he's like, look, he's like, I'm going to let you go, but my my first duty above everything else is to protect Asgard Yep. from any threats, foreign or domestic. Yep. <laughs> yep. Pretty much. All enemies, foreign and domestic. <sighs> and um, if your return threatens the safety of this city or this gate, then 
I will not open the Bifrost to you, and you'll be dead, and you'll and you'll and you'll die there. I have no plans to die today. They never do. <laughs> <laughs> so they they get to Jotunheim finally and talk to Laffy. And, like, the whole time, you could see how antagonistic Thor's being and Loki the whole time. Just like, hey, nope, can't do this. Hey, it's okay. Thanks. And it almost worked. Yep. Until it, what do you call him, little princess? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's walking away. Run on home, little princess. So. Damn. Challenged his masculinity. Yeah, you can't do that. No. Not to Thor. It so, was it was nice, though, that he called him a princess, and then there was a female on hand to hand most of his guys their ass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was great. Pretty good. So they fight through a bunch of them. They fight through the Jotunheim beast. Literally through. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it came out clean. Yeah. And I'm sorry, Steve, but that was not cinematically pleasing. No. Because I feel like... He should have been dirty. He should have been covered in guts. Oh, yeah. That would have been cinematically pleasing. Absolutely. So, <laughs> But that's a little rough for PG-13. The gang yeah. the gang seems like, you know, they they feel like, you know, we got this. And then basically every damn frost giant in existence in that realm. Is right behind him. <laughs> I'm not. Can you open the Bifrost? <laughs> open Yo, it. What, what did I just tell you before y'all left? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't look at the situation. You. you didn't look at the situation and went. Yeah, he's not opening that gate. Nope, he's not opening that gate. <laughs> That's a big old nope. Then Daddy has to come down and save the day on the eight-legged horse. Yeah, which I, I didn't catch that at first because you know I thought it was just like maybe a trick of the shadow or whatever. No, no. I mean then I I went back and like looked up some some Norse lore and stuff. Yeah, oh, you yeah. Didn't, that's you just didn't a- read about it in your dope ass book. No, probably not yet. No, not yet. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't gotten too far into it yet. Yeah, Odin's eight-legged I, I read about it on Wikipedia, bro. Nice. I, Reputable I, I, sources? <laughs> Reputable. 100%. You think I should use that in a college paper? Absolutely. Okay. Some professors allow it, no? Mine did. <laughs> so Odin is trying to talk Laffy down, and Laffy's is not having any of it. He's like, nah. nah this is war. Nah, bro. Nah. You know, messed up. I didn't sanction those three going in there, but here you you come in here. In my house. In my house. In my house. On the day of my daughter's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. And you asked me for a favor. No, no. (laughs) Not uh -uh. today. Not today. Not this mafioso's wedding. (laughs) (laughs) So then, you know, Odin beams them back up to the starship Asgard. Because that's what it looked like to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's, that's Rainbow good. Road wasn't available, so beat <laughs> <laughs> me up. Then Thor and Odin just have get it in, out. Yeah, have it out right there. Well, the, fatherly son, fa- father son quarrel that, that always happens. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You're an old fool. Hold my mead. Old old what? What was that? Old fool. Here, have fun without your powers. All right, all right. <laughs> Check this. Give me them pauldrons or whatever they're called. Give me that armor. Give, give me your hammer. Odin banishes Thor from Asgard, and with it, his hammer. Kachuk like a bad habit right through the Bifrost. Yep. Lands, Which lands within a 50-mile radius of Thor. That just doesn't... <laughs> well, <laughs> did it on purpose. Of all the places to be sent to. New Mexico. Yep. <laughs> Desert. Thanks, Dad. Where he gets hit by a car. Not Miami, huh? <laughs> Could you imagine just a crater in the middle of Miami? <laughs> oh, God. And a Thor and an hammer that just doesn't move. <laughs> Satellite, you mean? <laughs> yeah, right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Thor gets hurtled to Earth and, and is immediately <laughs> immediately struck by Jane Foster's van. It's a recurring theme now. Yeah. <laughs> he gets hit by the van and then he's tased by Darcy. So they take him to the hospital. How dare you attack the son of... That was great. When he comes to... They're ta- How dare you attack the son of Odin? Like, <laughs> gets a shot in the butt. Or the, they shoot him in the butt yeah, or in the, the butt, neck? In the butt. Yeah. And just kind of limp. <laughs> oh, not before he started chucking around some orderlies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no oh, yeah. broken glass. <laughs> I've, I've dealt with patients like that. It's fun. You know, then we go back to Jane and the and the and the group because they just kind of leave him at the hospital. Yeah, they're looking over all their findings, findings and Darcy points out, "Hey, um, I think this person might have come out of that storm we were in." Yeah, then they have to go back to the hospital to get him. She runs over him again with her van. <laughs> I wish, I honestly wish they had done more of that, like especially. Like one last one after he becomes Thor again. Come and on, then, you wanted him to go full Family Guy and just beat that joke into the I ground. Know, I, did. Yes, <laughs> I did. No, like it would have been so funny if, like, the last time she did it after he was fully Thor and it just totaled the truck while he just stood there. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, knocks the van out this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she gets him to, I don't know, her lab or yeah, it's her, her lab. So the crater that Mjolnir is in, you get a bunch of people there. They're gathered around. They're trying to pull it up, and they can't. You know, I got to think, though, if that happened in real life, you would see exactly the same scene. A bunch bunch of people with as much beer as they can carry, people like camping out in the crater, and everybody trying to tug on that hammer. So this is one of my favorite scenes, just because it is the Stanley cameo. Yeah. They... Attached Mjolnir to a truck, and he tries to pull it out, and it just rips the whole back of the truck off. And everybody like, laughs at him. Do we get it? How are you going to laugh at Stan Lee like that? It's disrespectful. Disrespecting Stan Lee. Yeah. He was laughing, too. I don't want to hear it. After the party, Thor is now hungry. His human form has grown weary and tired. And he requires sustenance. And he requires sustenance. <laughs> so while all that's happening, and you know they're partying around Mjolnir... On Asgard, Sif and the Warriors Three began you know, talking about talking about Thor and like how, going to ask Odin to reverse his banishment. Yeah, how he got caught or how they found out that he was even going. Loki reveals that it was him. He sent a guard, then, et cetera, et cetera. They got and then they they're of course trying to beg him. They're just like, Hey, can you go back? Can you explain what happened? He's like, Nah, I ain't, nah, I ain't doing that. <laughs> Sorry, bruh. Nope, that ain't not going to happen. Oh, this is also where uh, Loki and Odin have their major interaction in the movie. They will tussle. And it's also where Odin falls into his Odin sleep. Yep. But not before it's revealed to Loki that Loki is actually a frost giant. Luffy's son. son. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he was taken in that last battle that was mentioned at the beginning. Yep, yep. As a way to bring about peace, according to Odin. Yeah. He's also a secret avatar. This drink is delicious. I want another. Kapa! (laughs) I I meant no disrespect. It's good. But you need to ask. (laughs) Nicely. Not slam things. 
I don't know. I've never had coffee so good that just made me want to. Maybe. Why don't you do that from now on? Fling my mug onto the ground. Have you ever you thought about had the doing right that? coffee, then. Dude, go to Waffle House. No. Sunday no. morning. Yeah. The only, be by yourself. The only acceptable time to go to Waffle House is at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're super hammered. Any other time, yeah. not acceptable. You've obviously nope. never went to Waffle House on Sunday in the morning. No. It's really good. The only times I've ever been have been like 3 in the morning. Then you need to do it by yourself completely hammered. And just be like, this drink is delicious. I'll have another. <laughs> They're like, oh, another one. Get him a coffee. I must have just watched Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, as they're talking. He overhears somebody talking about this quote unquote satellite that was, what, 50 miles away? 50 miles west. Yeah, so weird. So, obviously, the Midgard or Earth scenario they find themselves in kind of mirrors ours surely these people have seen hammers before <laughs> and yet at no point <laughs> does this guy ever describe a the hammer. thing that he was tugging on as a hammer <laughs> i mean hey sometimes why do you go straight to satellite it's clearly a fucking hammer like that part out of the whole movie just struck me as Chris, really it weird. fell from the sky. <laughs> so surely it a must hammer be a- couldn't Why are hammers the in the sky? <laughs> so of course, you know, Thor is going to try to take off and get it. 50 miles away. Hey, that's why he goes in the pet store and asks for a horse. 3,000 miles coast to coast and yet he was 50 miles away <laughs> from the thing he was looking for. Yep. What are the odds? <laughs> it's almost like a like a reference to real life. Mm-hmm. The things you want most are closest to you. There it is. Aww. Thanks, Bobby. You're welcome. Of course, as Thor leaves to go grab the hammer, Selvig has his reservations. He's like, yeah, this dude's crazy. So after they part ways, they're walking back. And it's cool. And so in the scene, actually in that entire scene, A, it's funny that they have that entire conversation in the middle of the street. Yeah. And not one car came. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's like a, a really there small was a town. There was like, it there was doesn't like, matter. There you was can... like five buildings in the whole city. Okay whole furniture? <laughs> no wonder. Right? They sell okay stuff. But if you look really far into the background, you'll see what their high school or whatever something, their teammates, mm-hmm. their team mm-hmm. mascot. Do you know what their team mascot was? It was the Vikings. It was the Vikings. Because mm-hmm. you already said that to I, me the other day. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the Vikings. So yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. But um, we see S.H.I.E.L.D. taking Jane's stuff, just rolling away with it. Yep. Well, first is that, yeah, as the black truck rolls up, she's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Now, that, that check that Coulson hands her. I know. How she mu- didn't even look at it. Because, okay, okay. So, so that would have been the first thing. You know what? I can build all this again. <laughs> you see- there is enough zeros in this check. All right. Yeah, we're good here. You're good. Yeah. Moral convictions, man. Here, I got yep. my, bu- I got this book right here. Take that, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you later, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? You're welcome for my cooperation. So she, so Shield's taking all her stuff. She's reminding them, "Hey, we're the good guys. So are we." Then we go back to Asgard. Yes, where they rush into the throne room, and it's not Odin. Nope. They come to find out that Loki is now king. But, because Odin had fallen into the Odin sleep. Yeah. But this is where I start to see, like, you can you can kind of start to see Loki's 
a, a different side of Loki developing instead of that trickster side. Even when he, I mean, you even notice that in the back of the scene when, when he was like, I told the guard. It's like, I told him we were leaving. You can kind of see his caringness. And this is what, this is the reason why I liked him so much is because he's, he's playing a complex, such a complex character. Yeah. He cares, but he's got to fake that he doesn't, but he still has to do actions that, you know, that, that he makes, he has to do tough actions that go against Thor, but at the same time, it's not so far from repairable. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that's, ugh. It's like I'm He's good, but like I'm not. You, Bobby. I'm bad, but right? I'm not. He is kind of like you. You just you you guys don't hear what I cut out of the show, but Bobby just walks this fine line. And you know when he does cross it, I have to cut it out because it's usually some in- wildly inappropriate joke. It but is. um, I understand how you relate to that character a little bit. He's, he he just is constantly skirting that line, mm-hmm. and occasionally he 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 hops over it. But he comes back. He always comes, yeah, I always yeah. come back. Yes. <laughs> so there was a scene. There was not. I don't know if there was. I think it was like a deleted scene or whatnot. But when he's told that he's going to be king, he almost has this like sickening look. He's like, because oh. it's either out of guilt or for him never actually wanting the crown. Yeah. Because he, because you can even see the way he acts when he's king. He's formal. He's it's it's almost a little bit smugness, but he's stiff. He's very stiff. He's he didn't want it. Because he's he's limited now. Yeah, he have all eyes on him. When you talk about Loki not wanting a crown, I think Loki didn't even have any thought that Odin would fall into his Odin sleep at that point. So um, he was just as surprised as everybody, and then was kind of yeah. like, "Oh man, this means." Uh, <sighs> they ran in, didn't find Odin on the throne. Loki's there. Sif had something to say. And she acted like she wanted to lunge forward, but... Instead, they all took a knee. Fandral grabs her, because she's about to do something dumb. Yep. Because they had to... He's king. They had to bend the knee. Had to yep. bend that knee. <laughs> and... Obviously, all of them are upset by this. But um, back on Earth, Eric is the one who is... He's doubting what Thor has told them. So while they're in the library, he comes across one of the books of Norse mythology and he takes it back to Jane and him, Jane and Darcy are looking over it. And Darcy makes a really good point saying back in the day when, you know, they could have shown up, they were revered as gods because they had powers that normal humans didn't. So they were trying to argue the point of, is this really a god or... Is it just a really stoned person? So earlier in the movie, there was a comment about this isn't just like going to Earth and, and clapping some thunder and showing some lightning and them worshiping you as gods. And so I know we had discussed, do people interpret that or are we supposed to interpret that, that they are not self-aware that they are gods or perhaps they're not gods and that just humans on Earth view them as gods because of the powers they have, but they're not any more different than the superheroes we know just they're from a different realm and so because of that they're they're worshipped as gods at least within the mcu yeah I, I think that's the way it was supposed to be portrayed was they were seen as gods because of the abilities that they had especially in previous times mm-hmm. when superheroes weren't exactly a thing you know there was no super soldier serum way back then in norse mythology and obviously i know 
we're not talking about Norse mythology. We're talking about Marvel and characters based on North Norse mythology. But in like the old epics and all that, or sagas and all that stuff, I think they they know their gods. That's it really- was an interesting line. I always thought that they were self aware until that moment. Yeah, it was really curious how, that he would put it that way. Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe the Marvels. Or at least the MCU's version, you know, they're just they're just people with yeah. different you abilities. Know, abilities than humans. Yeah. But in um, Norse mythology, I think they differentiate themselves yeah. as gods from humans. Yeah. I mean, Odin's nickname is the All Father, so I mean, there's got to be some level of self awareness there. Yeah. yeah. But of course, after this, Jean goes and finds Thor and they head over to the crash site where Thor just kind of hands a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents their butts on a platter. <laughs> but not before Hawkeye almost shoots him. Yep. And he tells Coulson to make and, his call. <laughs> and not before Hawkeye almost grabs a gun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the introduction of Hawkeye in this movie. It was kind of disappointing. It was very not Hawkeye, cinematically pleasing. No, it wasn't. And, uh, you know, Hawkeye is definitely up there on my list of favorite Marvel characters, mainly because of the comics. And I was really hoping they would do him justice when they introduced him into the MCU. Yeah, they right? do, in Arrow. Oh, shut up. <laughs> in In the later movies, he's a little bit better character wise but this movie i think it was a very poor introduction to who hawkeye was well, yeah, this they, wasn't well this wasn't an, introdu- an introduction to hawkeye this was an introduction to thor sure but i mean hawkeye isn't a major character he doesn't have his own movie this it was like black widow's entrance in iron man because he's a he's a supporting role yeah yeah but at least in iron man you like eventually find out who she is in that same movie and this i mean if you didn't know anything about any of these characters, you'd be like, why? Did why? This- yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that's you can't complain about that too much because that's absolute fan service. Yeah. For those that do know, it's an awesome moment. For those that don't, they might be confused. Like, why would this dude choose a crossbow over a gun? But yeah. if you make the connection, it's they don't have to spell it out all the time. I mean, it's almost like no, you're right. They use this as an Easter egg for an introduction. You're right. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. And then they and then they do further one when he's up on the tower. He's like, right. hey, I'm starting to root for this guy. Yep. Yeah. You know, they start to work together <laughs> mm-hmm. in the future. Yeah, spoilers, man. (laughs) Well, I can only assume they work together. (laughs) But again, this was like it was my least favorite introduction to a Marvel character, minor or not. Mm -hmm. It didn't do the character justice. What was with his bow? What was with his bow sounding like it locked into place? Like it it, ran on air compression. Because uh, when you well, pull it a locked bow back, in, it like, does not sound like well, that. Well, but, I mean, it would make sense, especially if you have to hold stuff for a long time. If it locks in. I mean, it might. He does have a fancy bow. He did have a nice and, bow. And fancy arrow. He had, great, he had a great counterweight on the front. He chose it over mm-hmm. a gun. I mean, uh, yeah. Let's just say. <clears throat> this is also where we see Thor attempt to lift Mjolnir, and he can't. Oh, yeah. He's so super happy about that. And he's then, like, hey. Hey. Watch I this. this. I found hey. my stuff. And he can't. At which point, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. apprehends him. And Well, I want to talk about that thunderstorm that just happened to come for a second. Because it wasn't a normal thunderstorm. No, it it was kind of I mean, unless, blue. unless the dudes in, in the S.H.I.E.L.D. van, like, had absolutely no idea thunderstorms could exist or have ever existed. And they're like, we're getting a lot of interference over here. <laughs> Hold on, there's a disturbance at the gate. 
<laughs> no, but like some of their instruments kind of do a weird thing when the storm is rolling in. Yeah, they start to flicker in and out and yeah and since thor doesn't have his power like what's the deal what's the deal with that Um, i I think it was from molnir i think molnir summoned the storm maybe to hide him yeah maybe because he was like maybe he is worthy by the time that he got anywhere close to it they knew he was there that's why hawkeye was you know pointing well he was able to get in because of the storm yeah because he okay so because what you're saying that that technology that they had watching that gate that the minute there was a disturbance in it, it set off a, a thing. It that, messed with their equipment. That machine yeah. should have went off as Thor was crawling under that gate. Yep. Yeah, okay. It was just it was just weird how that Yeah, I mean there's no like perfect explanation for how or why that happened the way it did. Yes, there is. Steve has it. Oh, what is, is there? it? Because it's cinematically pleasing, obviously. Well yeah, yep. sure. <laughs> But outside of that. Well, because let's be realistic. It's a military installation or a, a government installation. He shouldn't have got as far as he did. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, that's fair. He should not have gotten as far as he did at all. They had no spotlights watching the perimeter. Every The entire perimeter was dark. Everything inside was lit up. Yeah. Yep. Nothing, no lights were shining outside. But it was S.H.I.E.L.D. too. S.H.I.E.L.D. does things a little bit differently. They're in the middle of the desert. Yeah. They can have lights. Yeah. <laughs> So, of course, after S.H.I.E.L.D. apprehends him, Thor is getting questioned by Coulson. As Coulson is questioning Thor and everything, Thor is just kind of sulking. When Coulson leaves the room, Loki appears, telling him, well, Loki's version of what is going on on Asgard. You know, father's dead. It's a lie to protect Thor. Because he doesn't. Well, no. It's, I, I it's, mean, we can I, really like debate I the think, ethics I, of it. I but. think it's a lie to keep him out of to keep him even from trying to come back to Asgard. Yeah. Well, of course, but it's also to comfort him, just because because he he is just getting him under them in the mindset of you're not coming home. Yeah. Instead of hey, now you're gonna sit here and worry about your dad dying because he's in a coma. He's not dead. He's just in a coma. Thor doesn't know any of that. No. And no. So, but he is just. He is getting so him Loki, away. Yeah. And so Loki just tells him that he's dead, that mother won't talk to him, doesn't want to reverse the banishment, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he's he's forcing Thor to accept the reality that he's on Earth now. Yeah. He, he is an Earthling. You're here. You're not coming back. That's the end of it. Which is why after they do all that, and after Loki tries to pick the hammer up himself but can't, when they go to the bar, or I'm sorry, when... When Selvig comes up to pick him up, yeah, you know, uses the whole fake ID and everything like that. Which yeah. Coulson let him go, even though they knew it was fake. Yeah, that, that struck me too. I mean, I I get the impression that Coulson knew something was up with him, but he he I don't know. He just got a curious mind and was like, "We'll see what happens. Let's see what happens when we do this." But it doesn't seem like a standard law enforcement. Uh, well, they're not protocol. standard law. You shouldn't let anybody, anybody. We have them in custody. We're not letting. And them go. and now this is popping up as fake, like identification faked, and you're still gonna take him into custody as well. And again, you can. You, you, I I enjoy watching the scene. I know it may not have much premise to the movie, but when they're at the bar, and then Thor has that 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 very human, very human moment of, I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Like, yeah. Like for as he said, for the first time in my life. I have no idea who I am. 
That's that, that's a, that's a real human emotion right there. And it's like if you've never once thought like, fuck, what am I supposed to do? I feel like that at least once a day. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> feel like that most days. So and that and that that's that's why I like that scene. Yeah. Back on Asgard, Loki goes to talk to Laffy and presents this deal to him where Laffy can go and kill Odin and get the casket back and yeah, and pretty much take over Asgard. Um, when he returns, Heimdall is like, yo, what were you doing? Because I couldn't see you. Or hear you. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, it's good. It's good, bud. That's Which he then like bans anybody from going in and out the Bifrost. Yep. Because Heimdall is now loyal to him because he is king. Mm-hmm. And yet, like... Not more than 10 minutes later, what does Loki look out and see? Somebody using the Bifrost. Gladys yep. Knight and the Pips decided to run off <laughs> and start their own little group. Start their own little label. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I guess Heimdall kind of heard them talking about their little plan. And summon them anyway. <laughs> that scene was so great. He's like, so you, you're going to defy your king and treason and your oath as a warrior, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And they're like, yeah. And he's like, all right. All right, cool. Thanks. That's all I needed I to know. I can't open it for you, but um, yep. I'm going to walk away. <laughs> yep. Yep. That part. Oh, that was so great. Uh, and then, of course, once they arrive on Earth and they find Thor... This was like great the reunion. Tap tap tap. We found you. <laughs> it's a medieval uh fair in town. A Renaissance fair in town. <laughs> I'd ask that same in question. In the middle of a Nevada desert. Yeah. Hey, hey, you never know. Casey and the Sunshine Band are dressed up strangely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Following them down though, Loki sent the destroyer to annihilate all of them. <laughs> Is that one of Starks? <laughs> <laughs> and then they then they have the goal. You're using unregistered weapons technology. This is the point where we start to see Thor's growth, though, because he's like, I'm just going to be in the way. Um, let's just get these people out of here because I can't fight. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I'm just a man. None of my powers. <laughs> <laughs> so they have this big battle scene now, fighting the destroyer and. Thor confronts Loki through the destroyer. Yeah. Loki's just kind of like, nah, screw you. Nah. No, no, no. Thor was like, hey, look, just, you don't need to do this. Like, just, let's call this off. I said some things. You said some things. <laughs> we all said some things. Yeah, but. I think we can get past this. Come here, buddy. Instead of a hug, it was a backhand. Yeah. <laughs> It's a backhand to the chest. And I can't imagine that felt very good. Because no, totally knocked him unconscious. So, yeah, we, we had an argument about that whole scene because, to me, if Thor's dead, then Thor's just dead. Thor's dying. He's not dead. He's dying. He's like, he's a microgram away from dying. That unit of measurement is bothering Chris. You can't see this, but... <laughs> that microchasm... <laughs> He's about to be dead as fuck. <laughs> it's the best unit of measurement I could ever think of. Honestly, I but got the not. I got the impression that he was just kind of 
he was just playing it up for the for the for cameras. The, I think so. Too. Yeah, I don't think he was actually dying. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> like he was intentionally making it cinematically pleasing. He was Thor, that self-aware. Thor, the character, <laughs> was just <laughs> feigning death. Yes. So the destroyer would leave. I don't think so. I think he got. I think his lungs were crushed because he's a human. Yeah, he's mortal. He's, he can take damage now. Hammer launches. Back to Thor. So once Thor's powers are restored, he uh, manages to destroy the destroyer. After which he uh, returns to Asgard to confront Loki. Yep. The not mo- before the not before the frost giants invade. Exactly. Yeah. That. And of course, Luffy saying, "Hey, Nakoma, you can see and hear me. So know this: I'm a kill you." But he did that stupid thing of hold his eye open. Well, he's, he's, like, like, saw. he's like, "Yeah, hey, <laughs> stop! You awake? <laughs> man, I, I can hear you, man. Leave my eye alone." <laughs> no, he wanted him to see him, and of course, Loki to the rescue. That was the moment where I realized. Like what Loki's plan was, because the whole the whole rest of the movie, I'm just like, what's he gaining through all this, doing all this? Yeah. Well, that's the point in which, like, clicked for me. I was like, oh, he wanted to be the hero of the day, save the world, save Asgard, <laughs> even though Asgard was never really in danger in danger in the first place. So, who was he trying to impress, though? Odin himself. Odin. Was this to, to earn daddy's approval? Yeah. I think so, yeah. That's pretty much all it was. He wanted Odin's approval. He wanted to show that he was worthy of being Odin's son. At least that's the way I took it. Yeah, because I, I don't think he wanted no parts of being king. No, no. He just wanted to be held in the same esteem as Thor. Or that he could do what Thor did just better. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, after that, Thor and Loki have it out. Loki tries to open the Bifrost just to destroy Jotunheim. Yeah, and uh, I thought that part was weird, too. It made me think that Thor's hammer is not heavy. You just can't lift it. Yeah. Molnir decides what is worthy to lift and what isn't. So um, Thor thrusts his hammer into the Rainbow Bridge and destroys it. Which, of course, saves Jotunheim. From being completely annihilated. Yeah. Any more than it already was. True. It, it saves it from an Alderaan-type situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We can reference. Yep. But uh, as a result of that, somehow... I don't remember exactly how it happened now. And when, I just watched it. When, Thor, when they when, tumble over the edge. When Thor hits the Rainbow Bridge with his hammer. It explodes. That's no, what no, 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 no. Odin then's like, uh-oh. Yeah, I'm serious. It's going down. <laughs> sure, I'm talking about like after they break the bridge, the bridge explodes. Yeah, and Thor and Loki go tumbling over the edge. Yeah, and Thor yeah. grabs Mjolnir. Thor never let go of Mjolnir. He always had it in his grasp. And then Odin grabs Thor by the foot. Yep. This is where we lose Loki to the black hole. Yep. Well, because he was just wanting to make his dad proud. Yep. He's like, did I make you proud, Papa? Nope. No. Hey, pretty much no. You're a oh, frost you done son. fucked up, kid. <laughs> you were nothing more than a trophy. Yep. Yep, pretty much. 
So that brings us to the post credit scene, and this was another one me and Anna had contention with. Uh-oh. Yeah. Selvig meets Fury in the basement, or whatever. It looks like a basement. I don't know. Weapons basement. Weapons. Looks like an underground facility of some sort. Fair enough. <laughs> and we see a resurgence of the Tesseract, and Nick's like, it's a lot of power in there. Yep. As soon as we can figure out how to... Harness it. Tap it. Then we see Loki. Dude ain't dead. Nope. No. We know he's not dead. I mean... Yeah, he's in a reflection in some piece of equipment, but... It's where he says, well, that's worth a look. And Eric says the same thing. And you still maintain (sighs) that Eric's not under the control of Loki in that No. He's not under his control. How is that possible? He's definitely under control. Yeah. He's not. He is so not under his control. No, 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 It's a coincidence they say the same thing. He might be influenced by him, but he's not under his control. No, a coincidence is going, that seems interesting. That'd be a coincidence. But for him to repeat. He even says it in, like, Loki's tone. He's not under his control. So why is So why is he talking differently? And why does he's being presented something that is not normal? Wouldn't you react differently to something that wasn't normal? If I was being controlled, yes. If they would have never showed Loki, then yes, I'd agree with you. It might be coincidence. But since Loki is in the reflection of the same object, this man has just witnessed the God of Thunder regaining his powers right in front of everyone, not to mention the destroyer so you're telling me the tesseract is what does it for him like this is just this is too weird so now i'm at to talk different we don't even really see eric's reaction during all that though because it would be the exact same reaction that i have holy shit pretty much that'd be the exact if i just saw somebody turn into thor i think since he said the exact same thing and emulated the tone. I think it has to be he was under some yeah. level of control there. Or yeah. manipulation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, control maybe, might be the wrong word, but like... Maybe manipulation, but he was not under Loki's control. Because I firmly stand by that. What makes me what makes me think that is back with the scene when Thor first got his powers back. And Loki turns around. So does the Destroyer in the exact same fashion. That Loki turns around? Yes. Loki can control things with his brain. Well, that was different, though. The Destroyer is controlled by the king. Or the staff. I, I always assumed it was by the staff, not the person. It's, you can, you it's can control anything by, by the staff. All right, so I love stuff like this. So what is it, because I haven't heard you and Chris's debates about this, what is it that makes you think he's not under control? For me, there's no other implications that he's under control of somebody else other than he said the same thing as somebody else he was in the same shot now what are you you can't gotta be joking no please tell me you're joking no. you have to be joking or being trolled <laughs> I, I, you ha- you're trolling yes maybe, exactly what you're doing you're no trolling. i'm not trolling and i think it has more to do with because i know what happens in the beginning of the avengers i mean so do we yeah i don't <laughs> I'm not in this. I withdraw myself. So, so from that, myself. knowing that and seeing that scene, he's not under Loki's control. Like I said, him repeating the same thing, I think it is way too far in the realm of a coincidence that they would just say the same thing one second apart. 
but even beyond that, his entire facial expression, his entire cadence, everything about him matched matched exactly what we just watched Loki do. We watched him smirk. Yeah, like the Loki smirk that we saw in the mirror, where the reflection was. Like he, smirk. he duplicates it. So, like, even if we were to accept that it was coincidence that they said the same thing, which is, I think, really, really far-reaching. The fact that he emulated exactly the way Loki did it, you have to interpret that as Loki's in control there. Uh, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yep. You shush. <laughs> I assume this is the, the stance you took, Chris? Yes, that's the stance I took. I don't see that as him being under Loki's control, though. Yeah, I mean, if we're going so far as to say like that he's in there like puppet mastering um, Selvig, like, I, I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but I think... When, I, when we say control, I think what we mean by that is it is Loki's powers that ultimately he said those as a result of Loki. I mean, again, for lack of a better word, like controlling what he's doing. It's a projection. Loki can project himself. And he's a shapeshifter. So why can we not think that he can project right. a, a yeah. shaped image of someone else? So now you're saying Selvig is not Selvig in that scene. He's He may be Loki. It may be Loki just Yeah, I disagree with that part. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it's that. that. I think just he just the beginning of the I think I think you were kind of onto something there that could find a happy medium in this debate. I think it's almost like he was using Selvig as a vessel. Yeah. To translate his message. But again, I think that can quickly but why would, be then, considered control. Then why would he just only be in the reflection of of an object? It's only, so it would be Selvig showing up. It, I'll tell you Loki. why. <laughs> why? Because it was cinematically pleasing. Otherwise, we get no context. So I know we've talked about it off mic that all of us really enjoyed this film and felt like it was one of the more fleshed out of the MCU at this time. So finding the favorite or even least favorite moments might be harder for this one than has been in in past episodes. But I still think it's worth revisiting like what, what stood out to you and what was kind of the favorite and least favorite moments. So... Whoever wants to dive in first and talk about their, let's start with the the positive with the favorite moment. Pretty much any time Heimdall's on the screen, man, I just like, you know, his sort of devotion to his job, but at the same time, devotion to what's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. I wouldn't say devotion to what's right. Well, I it's mean, devotion to his duty. Because yeah, because doing guess, what's right would be to say would have been to save Thor. When he was in trouble in Jotunheim in the beginning. Yeah. So that would have been what's right. Dedication to his duty. Yeah. Even above, like... But, I mean, even there, you could say that he's still doing what's right, because he, he explained to him in no uncertain terms, like, I will not put Asgard at risk. Yeah. So I'm not opening this gate. Yeah, dedication to duty, even above, like, what Loki was trying to get him to do after he had taken over. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's for me. I, I guess more is more than one part, but... No, that's fair. Yeah, uh, for me, I think it was more just the humor of the movie. Like my favorite parts are like the little little jokes here and there, mm. like Thor being so happy about a drink that he smashed a cup. Yeah, like coffee, no less. Yeah, I've never had coffee that good in my life. I've never <laughs> had good coffee in my life, so really, no, not a coffee guy. But you know, just like little things like that, and just the the humor, like when he walked into the pet shop and asked for a horse, and when they yeah. said they don't have horses. They only have birds, cats, and dogs. Give me one large enough to ride. Yeah. Like, come on. It just, really? 
Yeah, just and you got the recurring like joke of him getting hit and tased and yeah, all that fun stuff. <laughs> How about you, Bobby? For me, it's a it's, it's a few parts. I'll keep it to two. Was when Home Dude was making the sandwich, and then you, I didn't, you didn't realize how big the sandwich was going to be. Cuts away. It's like him just putting cheese on bread. Cut back to him, four stacks high. What's as up? As long as the baby. It's a, it was a great as a baby size sandwich. It was delicious. It looked delicious. I, it did I, look really favorite good. part. Another favorite part of mine was that that fight scene to the hammer. I don't know. I just I liked it. That was pretty great. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about where he's fighting through all the shield guys. Yeah, yeah. That sequence was pretty awesome, especially when he gets to the last one. You're big, fought bigger. Yep. <laughs> what about you, Steve? Uh, I would say I have two as well. The battle on Jotunheim was really awesome. I just like the way the Frost Giants look in general. Like I think they just pop off the screen in a great way. And speaking of which, you and I, I know we watched this in 3D, so like they literally popped off the screen. So I really enjoyed that scene. I just thought that it looked cool and, and the way, you know, any, uh, and then all the movies moving forward and a lot of the battle scenes, Thor with his, like the way he wields the hammer is always one of the more badass like fight scenes and it kind of started here in this one. So I really enjoyed that part. Um, and then kind of piggybacking off what you said where anytime Heimdall was on screen, it was the same for me with Odin. I know we touched on that earlier, but I thought, Sir Anthony Hopkins over there knocked it out of the park. And yeah. while he didn't say a lot when he did, it was really, really profound. Yeah. His delivery is just flawless. Like, he just kills it, so. Yeah, we did watch it in 3D. And, yeah. like, I guess when you initially asked me to watch it in 3D with you, I was assuming it was going to be that sort of red-blue lens type 3D that we're all used to. Which that baffles me. We were in 2019, and you think people I are mean, using pieces <laughs> of paper and red and blue plastic. I didn't I didn't know what to expect but when I finally made my way to your house to watch that on your fancy TV <laughs> on your fancy TV there how many pairs of 3D glasses do you have a lot cuz mine is the passive 3D so it's the same glasses that you can use in like a 3D movie in the cinemas yeah. so for like the 4 or 5 years where I was going to see a lot of 3D movies I would just take the glasses home with me but, I mean, I think the TV itself came with, like, two or four pair, and then I probably accumulated another, like, six to eight, so I can so, well, seat way too many people. Viewing party. <laughs> yeah. For Doctor Strange. So. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> we, we I, I had to show Chris, Um, you know, if you're trying to convince somebody that 3D is cool, which, you know, side note, the public spoke and obviously said it was not cool because they're not even producing 3D televisions anymore for home use. But Doctor Strange was filmed natively in 3D, as a lot of the Marvel movies were. And I showed him a particular scene in that film to just kind of show him like the depth and the breadth that the 3D TVs can do. And it's just mind blowing. Like that whole movie is insane in 3D, but there's a particular scene that we watch that's yeah. insanity. Yeah, it adds, a, it adds a pretty sweet depth to the whole movie. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about that, but I think that's what people and you don't didn't you, understand about the new 3D yeah, because, is it really wasn't about the, the projectiles. Because you can... It was about the depth. Yeah, yeah. because you can... You know, you can watch some of these movies that are that are filmed in high resolution, watch it on your Blu-ray, and it just looks good. Yep. But when you see it in 3D, it just provides a certain depth to the whole Yeah, and you do, that, you know, with 3D, the way it's done with the passive, you know, it's two overlapping images, and so you do lose a very little bit of clarity. But I think to the average viewer, it's, did you, like, did you notice that it looked any... I mean, different I did, than watching it in HD. I mean, it I looks did, really I, sharp. I did here and there, but it wasn't like distracting. Right. All right. So how about least favorite parts? 
My least favorite part was when the the guy in the diner described the hammer, the obvious <laughs> or didn't hammer describe shape, the hammer, the obvious hammer shape as a satellite. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just a minor nitpick, really. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, aside from very very few nitpicks, like I didn't really have a least favorite part, right? But if I had to choose, that would be the that would be the one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I'd have to agree with you there because that was just kind of annoying. It's very obviously Hammer. <laughs> like that. And my other least favorite was the introduction of Hawkeye. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go back to it. That's fair. <laughs> I did not like it. Do that character some freaking justice. They do in Arrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, My least favorite scene is more of on a cinematography scale. Uh-oh. The gosh darn Dutch angles they used in this movie. I swear every other scene was a Dutch angle. Someone was in distress. Mm. Boom, 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 boom. Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle, Dutch angle. Dude, it was bad. That's, uh, for some reason, that's the only thing I noticed. Every time they did it, I was like, oh, there's one, two, three. So what's a... 297. <laughs> You counted. Yeah. So what what exactly is a Dutch angle? So a Dutch angle is when the camera is angled in such a way that it gives the viewer a sense of uneasiness, but it also reflects the uneasiness of the character in the movie. That person's either stressed out, in distress, or something along the lines of that. But in this movie, the amount of Dutch angles in this movie is comical. You can pull it up on Google. You can type in Dutch angles Thor 2011. And I'm sure it'll give you a small little compilation of all the Dutch angles throughout the movie. I think I think you'll get a good laugh at it. But it but it was it was it was comical, yes. But starting in the first scene of the movie is a Dutch angle, and it's just from there it's just immediately caught because that's how you start. You start out not in focus, and from then on every Dutch angle is noticeable. To me, that was the worst part. <laughs> now that I like think back on it, I, I see what you mean. Yep, I'm gonna have a hard time watching that movie ever again. I think I'm gonna embed a YouTube clip of that. Please do in the post. I think it'd be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so go to the show notes for this episode, collectorpodcast.com. All right, Steve. So what about you? What was your? Least I liked favorite? the whole fucking movie, Dutch angles and all. I don't think I had a least favorite part in this one. To be honest, like this movie was just fleshed out really well. All right, I think that's going to get us into final thoughts. Steve, final thoughts. Like I said before, I didn't even have like a least favorite part of this movie, so I mean, I think it was it was extremely well done and I think this is the one that really felt like it was opening the door to the MCU as a whole compared to the others. Yeah, I guess I could agree with that. It it was the last individual movie before the Avengers. So it kind of brought everything together to me leading into what's to come. I definitely thought the movie was great. I think I liked how, I liked how the story is now starting to develop a little bit more for Marvel. Yeah. For me, not having seen with the exception of Ragnarok, I think, and infinity war without seeing any of the movies moving forward. Yeah. I mean, you can definitely see the franchise taking shape. It's Marvel really hit their stride with Thor and to a similar extent, Captain America, well, in the next movie we'll do is where you see it legitimately come to fruition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm excited to see Avengers. I can't wait. 
It's awesome. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this time. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, comments, or theories, you can email us at feedback at collectorpodcast.com or comment on the show notes for this episode at collectorpodcast.com. Until next time. I, 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 well said.